Hi, welcome to Life's Lemonade Unfiltered Podcast. We're your hosts, Kiara and Yesenia. We're two neighbors and friends doing a podcast from the closet with our wine. In this podcast, we're getting real about life, kids, womanhood, and all the in-between, completely unfiltered. If you haven't yet, please follow us on our Instagram, lifeslemonade.unfiltered, and please don't forget to rate and review our podcast. It helps us get seen and heard so that we can keep this fun stuff going. Hey guys, we're back for another episode of Life's Lemonade Unfiltered. This is Yesenia, and I'm here with Kiara. We're just trying to get our gears in order for tonight's episode. Trying to remember what even happened this I week. I know. it's it's It really has felt like a blur. Well, I guess last week, because it's Monday. It hasn't even been a week. I know. It's the start of the week. It's the start of a week, and it feels like a blur. <sighs> yeah. But I have to say that I'm like ready to get back to work. I am feeling so much better. I get to go to work on Wednesdays, so I got tomorrow to get through with the kids. And then Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, I have really long days at work, so I am getting back in it. Yeah, you look Mexican again. <laughs> what does that mean? You were so pale. I was, right? So pale. I know. That's how I knew I wasn't feeling well. when I. And like, you probably weren't out in the sun for so long. No. And then as soon as you came home, you've been in the I, sun. I've more. been in the sun every day. But you were. I've intentionally. White. I know. <laughs> it's I know. all back now. I know. Back, all the melanin is back. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You yeah. look so tan, though. Really? But I think, no, I think it's just your normal. It's but my you normal just color, so but I white. was so pale. Yeah, pale, I yes. I was. <laughs> not white, girl. <laughs> I'm not like your white. It's <laughs> <laughs> in my veins. I know. Oh my gosh. So. Yeah, but last week was, um, gosh, what's happened in a week? I think we've just, I've been forced to be home. Uh, I got the go ahead for my doctor to go back to work. So yeah, last week you were. It's crazy how good. from like last Monday to today, I am 100% better. And it just goes to show you like what rest does to the body. And I've been like juicing and doing all the things to just get myself back. And every day I've done a little bit more and like forced myself to just keep up with the pace of the home because how can I stand all day at work behind the chair doing clients hair if I can't keep up my pace at home so I've like forced myself to kind of get up and going but um yeah, yeah I feel I, like there's a delicate balance of like resting but also not just laying around because yeah. then that makes it almost worse it does make it worse like, and that's harder. how I was feeling I was feeling like really shitty because I was just sitting around doing nothing so I was like, okay, I got to just start mopping the floors and, you know, vacuuming the stairs, <laughs> the stuff that I do. Yeah. But, and then I started uh, working out slowly. I think the, my first workout was Thursday or Friday. I can't believe how much strength I lost I in five days of being bedridden. It's just incredible to me how fast the body deteriorates. Not- Do you feel sore? Because when I yes. like, work out for a long period of time, then I stop. It's like things start I to feel hurt. so sore. Like I- you don't have the support of your muscles anymore. So yeah. your joints start hurting. Yeah. That's how I feel. So I'm like, yeah. okay, my knees are creaking again. So I got to start taking my collagen again and my protein shakes. That's usually where I put them in. So it's just like, it's crazy how like a week of not being physically active threw my entire body off. But I'm grateful to be back at it and, you know, slowly increasing my, my weights. Like I, I've been doing like a third of the weights that I normally do, which is nuts. And then, and it's hard. Like I'm so sore on every part of my body today from the last two days of working out, which is nuts. (laughs) 
<laughs> like what's happening you downstairs? Hear screaming children in the background. Yeah, That's just move it's along. It's just my kids <laughs> screaming down there. Don't worry, okay? We are in my closet after all. <laughs> we sure are. So Wait, it's, not a, it's not a lie. Um, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know. Oh, I had lunch with my friend that yeah, I'm gonna be go? starting to work with, how which did was go? super fun. It was good. It was very Where'd you guys go to lunch? Anywhere cute? Oh, yeah. Fine. We went to um, this coffee shop that I hadn't been to. Okay. They have, like, a, a whole patio outside section, and in the very back is, like, a swinging picnic table. So it's a picnic table that's with chain, like, connected by chains. Uh-huh. Like a flat table, you know? Yeah. And then the chairs are swings. So, so how are you supposed to eat? <laughs> you have to move. You don't have to swing. Just okay. sit there. But okay. it's cute like I would be. Kids. I would be too tempted to swing while I was on You're there. You're like, trying to eat it. Like, let me get my next bite. <laughs> I'll for the next one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was so, so cute. I'd never been there before. And everyone said it was a coffee shop. But when I got there, they actually have a full menu. And I ordered a salad. Oh, and great. it was so good. Wow, and we should have, go there sometime. The kids would love it. But it's also so cute to just... Just like go and like work, sit in the corner. So like something we could do. (laughs) Yeah. Something we could do to go plan. Oh my gosh. The funniest thing happened though. You know how people just get like nervous when cops are around them, even though you're not doing anything wrong. So I'm one of those. I'm like, I swear I don't have anything on me today. (laughs) Right now. Right this second. I was standing in line. me. (laughs) I was standing in line to order my food. And this cop sheriff, I don't know what he was, walks in with his partner behind me and they're talking and I don't I instantly am like like <laughs> compose yourself like you're so funny I'm the last person that has anything to be worried about but yeah. I've just like always been I'm that not. way I don't, <laughs> I don't know why but then I'm like looking around because I'm waiting for my friend but then I'm like oh my god I look suspicious like looking around I'm like taking out you know no I wasn't but it just look I am just in my head and then did your friend notice you were being weird she wasn't there I was <laughs> looking for her like I was looking out the door but then I realized that looks suspicious or not I don't know but I felt like it did and then um and then I was like oh no I don't I don't want to be in line because they kind of came up behind me while I was just standing in there waiting but then somehow I merged into the line and I was like I'm not ready and I wanted to wait for her to order but then I felt like I couldn't I was forced so I'm like I'm just gonna order and then we're standing there and I fully drop my phone and it slides across the room and Rick is cringing if he's hearing this because I drop my phone so much and it makes him so mad. But, um, and so I'm like, oh my gosh, like it just was. So you're like all flustered trying to get your phone and try not to be like. They're probably one, used to it because people act that way around them or two, just like, look at this nutcase. Like, <laughs> what is she what doing? Is she, doing? she needs a chamomile tea, please. <laughs> I wanted to turn around and just be like, I have nothing to hide. You can search things. me. I just frisk I just, me, please. <laughs> I'm out without my children and I don't know how to act. <laughs> That's kind of how it is, though. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, I'm free. I'm unadulterated. Uh, maybe not unadulterated. I don't know. But you know, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Wait, what happened? <laughs> No, but sometimes when I'm out without my kids, I'm like, I'm a free woman. And yeah, then, yeah. you know, like, and yeah. then I get reminded that I'm not. <laughs> Just cuff me. Take me in. Uh, no. <laughs> I tried to be free, but it's just not it's working. It's not working. Out. It's not working. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was so stupid. They were probably just like, 
this lady needs a Jill. She needs she a Xanax. Needs a chill. Yeah. Right. They're but. probably like, ma'am, we got a we got a Zanny bar for you if you want it in the bag. They're like, do you want to just sit in our cop car and like chill for a minute? Oh my god. I would like need I would minute. need that. If a cop said, Would you like to sit in the back of my cop car for 30 minutes and have some quiet time? I would be like, please take me now, sir. <laughs> yeah, Can I lay down? I've never been arrested, but <laughs> do you have you a know? pillow? Yeah, just I need a nap. I don't even need a pillow. Just yeah. give me a surface that's quiet. Yeah. And that's all I need. They should roll up to the park when we're at the park with the kids and then just be like, like today, <laughs> kids sit down on they the should. sidewalk and stay there. We're they taking should. your mom in the car and they're like, just have a nap. We need to have these kind of cops. Like, yeah. like maybe like the retired cops could do that kind yeah. of a job. I bet Rob would do it. Rob, Rob would totally do it. <laughs> we'll ask him. The problem is they know him. So they'd be like, they'd cl- be climbing in the car on the car, all I over know. the car. But he would be like, well, look at this guy. Oh, look at this thing no we can't have that okay never mind rob's not a good idea yeah. abort oh, but yeah so the, that you just our crazy our, yeah it was really good she's so sweet i'm excited to work for her she's kind of like a spaz <laughs> like she told rick that too she's like i don't have a schedule and i need a schedule but i don't want a schedule like she's That's how just I am. yeah she's just like all over the place but um i know i'm like i live by a no no plan plan mm-hmm. but i have a plan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as you saw today in my to-do list yes and that was just like the few things that made it on there yeah yeah i'm excited to work for her it'll be fun when does that start i don't know <laughs> i keep texting her and reminding her okay. and i think we're just going with flow she just goes with the flow so okay. i'm along for the ride okay so we'll see i love that about yeah. you i love that um, and then our weekend was crazy. We endured three hours of screaming children. Yes, we did. <laughs> for a birthday party. It was so fun, but. It, it, that place is overwhelming. I think my body hurt today from sitting on those sitting. hard benches I and know, chairs. They hard. I know they, they feel soft to the touch, but yeah. you can't sit on them for too long no. before. Yeah. So yeah, it was Malaya's birthday party and we had it at an indoor jungle <laughs> place like a trampoline trampoline park kind of but slash like one of those crazy maze ball pit yeah climb through the (laughs) which it was great because we didn't have to do anything but just left us and didn't come back till they wanted food i mean like almost five hundred dollars (laughs) later that's great you took care of (laughs) that's what we pay for that's how much you pay for peace but it wasn't even peace really it was i know it would have been peace if i could have like done other things at the time i was there yeah it would have been nice if they had doors on the rooms yes and we could stay in there the whole time or they should have like like a lounge area for parents with a door soundproof glass yeah you could see them but not hear them i know but then like what if they was someone got hurt i don't know i guess the workers are out there getting paid and that's why we sign waivers (laughs) (laughs) i put my insurance on there you know who to call (laughs) for real i know but yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm like decompressing from that and yeah, then to, like rushing into today and then now tomorrow's her actual birthday. So I got to wake up extra early tomorrow to make crepes. Oh, I know. Allie is ready. I know. I, coming I got here. everything ready. I got all the stuff That's to favorite. make crepes. So yeah, that'll tomorrow. be fun. Yeah. But yeah, it was fun. It was fun yesterday. Was. They all had fun and they slept so good, which they did. was perfect timing <laughs> because of daylight savings. I know that they had that no they problem to going to bed early. I know. And then I know Allie... daylight savings is fucking me up for real. Like oh I gosh. feel like I, like I felt 
an hour behind on everything I was doing today. Everything. I need at least yeah, an I hour. I not get myself or up more. on time this morning. And I know. Allie wouldn't get up until like 7.30 Will, and I I'm told like, Will, Will wake me up this morning. And he, I was like, I got to get up when you get up. And he wakes me up. He goes, are you getting up? And I'm like, oh, I don't have to because Alexia wasn't here. So I didn't have to take her at 7.30. Oh, yeah. You know, true. so I was like, I'll just get up a little bit later. And I got up at 7. I was like, Malaya, get up. I was like panicking and she, but it was, it was an easy morning. It's just yeah. having one less car ride to do. It did make it a lot easier. Well, and I can't wait till to, she can drive. The drive to school is three minutes. So literally, literally. Allie could wake up at seven yeah. 45 and still it's do still all the okay. things to make it to school. So this leads perfectly into, into what we want to talk about tonight. You had me do that Enneagram oh, quiz. Yeah. Yes, because it's so accurate. Well, I felt like it was so accurate for me. I thought I was going to get something different because I think the last time I did it, which was like seven years ago, was it was a complete different number. But I'm a one and that's the perfectionist. It really suits you, though. Like, I know. It's so it, annoying. It's so, it's so <laughs> fucking annoying because I put I on all my notes right here. Insert eye roll. <laughs> Because I'm really annoyed and I know, I know that I have these tendencies, but I don't know why I try to fight it so much. Like, so an Enneagram is Enneagram one. If anyone doesn't know, like an Enneagram is, um, it's like a personality personality test, test. but it's very, it's, it's separated into nine categories and it's very specific to your, to your trait. So there's like quizzes there's like a quiz you can do and then it tells you like you answer questions and it tells you what you are i'm a one the perfectionist some of the main points of a perfectionist are you have high standards i'm a stickler for rules <laughs> attention to detail and avoid making mistakes and i can't disagree with any of those i think i've learned as i've gotten older to like kind of round out some of those but it just like goes to show you why i do the things I do like even my list making my structure my discipline like I am so to others it says you come off appear perfection perfectionistic responsible and exciting I don't know how exciting I appear you're pretty exciting really yeah I don't know, I don't know about that <laughs> Also, you have a whole sleeve of tattoos. That's like instant excitement when someone sees you. The, yeah, because when I first saw you, like at the pool in your swimsuit, I was like, "Oh, she's fun!" Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, they're a story. And then the first time I really hung out with you, you were I gave a shot to everyone that walked That's in the door. True. That's how ex- much more exciting. <laughs> like, so, yes, exciting is it? Yeah. There. I guess so. I don't disagree with that. All right. So what are you? What are you? So so let's talk about what yours is and then what you're seen as and then to others. Okay. So I am a, I think I'm a nine. For a long time, I thought I was a two, but then I did another test and it said I was a nine. What's a nine? So a nine is the peacemaker. Oh, I could see that. And you totally play that role in your family. Yeah. But a two is the giver. So like they want to help people, but I don't really think I am. I think I'm more a peacemaker. So the different, the major differences are between the nine and the two is the peacemaker wants peace as the two wants to help everybody. And I much prefer peace over helping people. (laughs) (laughs) If I had to choose, you know, I don't mind helping people, but 
it's yeah. all in the name of peace. Like, right. You know? That's true. So the o- the end game is the the peacekeeping. Yeah, but so both of them are like other referencing. So trying to give to others. Oh, both yeah. of them are like that is very much you ways. though because you are like when I was in the hospital and then the last time when I had to go to the ER <laughs> like. You've been my rescue woman. like. So the funny thing I wrote down about it, though, is it says difficulty maintaining personal boundaries. Oh. Like, it's hard to say no, which I feel like is me. But also, <laughs> I wonder what happens, like, when... Because, like, when you read some of these traits, do you feel like, oh, yeah, that used to be me, like, hardcore? Yes. And now I've evolved, so I don't yeah. want to be that anymore. So that's, like, where... So, like, the conclusion of what I got to when I was going through mine and what, like, a one is, it's like, okay, I know these things about me. I've worked on some of these things. I'm working on some of these things, and I need to work on some more things. So it's, like, past, present, and future for me of, like, how a healthy one should be, you know, air yeah. quotes how a healthy one should be yeah because i mean for one like the deepest fear of a one is being bad people quote unquote cope of cope with fear by being rigidly disciplined and very hard on themselves and often those around them and i can i know that i'm so hard on my people around me will gets the shit end of the stick alexia gets the shit end of the stick because she's old enough so i have a high expectation on her you know so i feel like i'm constantly like trying to reel myself back in so that i don't put my perfectionistic uh, but i think that comes off good sometimes people need people need someone like that in their life to push them because then there's like people like me (laughs) you know what i mean yeah it's like a good balance it's not all i think all of these things are not unneeded it's hard to like see these things about yourself and then be like oh yeah that's me and like come to terms with it for sure i wrote down because i always like to look at like how my husband and i are compatible Uh and so i wrote i haven't checked mine and will's i need to get his i know he needs to do it it'd be so interesting to see but i wrote down like when you're married to a nine so someone who is married to me i'm good at validating points of view that are not your own which i feel like Mm. i am that is like my biggest strength is i can always see both sides and sometimes it's annoying for people and sometimes i'm like i need to not say that because sometimes you in like in a moment people don't want to hear the other side of it yeah it's like can you shut up i know you're i know you have a valid point but i don't want to hear right now but then it comes in handy with like rick who is i don't know what he is i feel like he's an eight you thought we were gonna be uh, the same same. and we're not yeah he's an eight so challenger an eight is that the challenger the challenger. Yeah, yep. I could see that for sure. <clears throat> so decisive, confident, wants to make a difference, protective. Yeah. Speaks up, won't yeah. sugarcoat the truth. That's for real him. <laughs> that is him. But he, I think, not in all situations, but I think he does have a hard time seeing the other point of view. Yeah. And so like, that's what I bring to our relationship is I like bring him back down you and like, well, look at it from this view yeah because i always look at things from anyone else's perspective but my own or like anyone else's perspective but i, I think that's something i've just learned in general to do and i as much as i don't like to do it <laughs> i think i've gotten better at it but i still think it's a very weak point of mind to see things like when people have a situation and I can offer, I don't know, my point of view, mm-hmm. but they're so like fixated on their state of mind. It's really hard for me to comprehend how people get stuck in that fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel the same way. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I feel the so same way too. I, like, because I, I have clients, certain clients that I'm like constantly 
like years of trying to talk them out of this like ritual they almost have with certain things that they do. And then at some point, I'm just like, well, what the fuck's the point? Because they can't see it from the they other can't way. see it and they don't want to see it. They want to get they they're so stuck in who they are that they don't want to they don't want to take ownership and they don't want to change anything. But it's like then stop complaining about the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's part of like the peacemaker thing, too, is also like you can't just have it your way. Yeah. You have to think of like and yeah, again, like emotional brain function versus complex Mm. emotional brain function is being able to understand that not everyone is going to view things the same exact way that you do and being able to put yourself in their shoes and also being able to be compassionate about that and not be like Like, well I can can see how you see it that way but it's (laughs) stupid you know like Like, we'll always say I'm an ice queen (laughs) and you know to, to many degrees I am I don't think you are, though. I don't know. I wonder why he's such a stickler about saying that. But I do think that I have little tolerance for people that complain about the same thing and don't do anything to change it. That I don't have tolerance for. So it's like, come at me with something different. Tell me, like, I want to hear you complain today, but I want to hear solutions the next time. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where I think, like, I can't, I personally don't like to be stuck in a rut for too long. Like, with these last two weeks, with my whole schedule being thrown off, it has taken everything in me to create some sort of a, even a routine in my non-routine. Because I have to do that for my peace of mind. Yeah, I do feel like I'm always seeing the positive side of things. Mm -hmm. And so when I don't, like when I allow myself to just like Wallow. have a moment, yeah, yeah, like which is fine. Everyone needs to. Everyone but then I needs feel guilty to. for doing that because, yeah, I don't know what progress are you making if you're just complaining and yeah. not trying. To and fix. that's what it is. And it's like, like complain for you a can second. Complain, yeah, Move exactly. On. Complain for a certain amount yeah. of time, and then I I need to hear how you're going to change that complaint into action. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it has to be a call to action. That's just what I think. Like anything that you're complaining about, there has to be something that you can do to change one aspect of that complaint. I don't care what it is. Yeah. I feel like even Rick can agree. Like there are some times, not often, but where I just will like be stuck in a mood and I'm like, everything sucks and I hate yeah. blah, 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 whatever. And he'll, he it talks you off the ledge. So he to speak. does, but yeah. he also, I think it's kind of confused, not confused, but just like what is happening right now? Because it's not me. Like mm-hmm. I am not one to just like sit and say, everything's terrible and it's never going to get better. Like I don't do mm-hmm. that. So when I feel like, okay, when I, you do I don't have to pull myself up right now. Like right. I can just sit, but then he's like, <laughs> was happening because I don't (laughs) that's not your normal role it's not yeah yeah like yeah allow yourself to do that but then move on and I think he like has kind of learned by now that like yeah she'll get out of it It well I think that's how it was like with Will last week I told him I was feeling a lot like I felt like after I had Genevieve and had postpartum depression and I was just like I can feel it I can feel that now that I know what that feels like and I can pinpoint it, I think I'm in the, I'm, I'm on that same trajectory, but I don't want to go to the point where I'm going to get back on Zoloft mm-hmm. to help me get out of this curve. I just know I need some of my normal routine, mm-hmm. which was why I started working out on Thursday Yeah, because it was like, I need to have some sort of routine, but I was able to pinpoint it and say it to him, like, I'm not feeling myself. I'm feeling like I'm depressed. I'm feeling like this doom and gloom. I can't shake it. I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. 
But I know that just acknowledging it and saying it to him made him go, okay, she's in that space. Yeah, she this needs, isn't yeah, yeah. But it's just interesting. Like I can recognize the depression feeling now. I mean, a year yeah. ago I couldn't pinpoint it. Now I can pinpoint it. So yeah, it's, I feel it's like so I awesome that. to grow. I, I love had that, that turning point when I had anxiety, where all of a sudden I was like. I can recognize when it's coming yes. and I know what I need to the do to stop it yes. before it hits. Because for a long time, I didn't know anything about it. And then I would get to the point where I knew it was coming, but I still couldn't figure out how to stop it. Yeah. And so to, yeah, get to that point, it's so crazy to yeah. look back and be like, for years I was miserable Spiraling. and I Spiraling. just didn't know what to do to yeah. get out of it. It's crazy. It's like your brain goes into a fog and you can't yes. get out of it. Yeah. And then once you finally learn how to do it, like... I don't know. I haven't had anxiety, an anxiety attack in so long. And I, I can. Yeah. Like you feel them creeping up, but then yeah. you know what to do to keep yourself from yeah. going to that point there's where you're been, just sitting in the corner crying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's been multiple times like in the grocery store where I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, and then I too. know how to get it to De-regulate. go away before it oh, explodes. Yeah. But there was a point in my life when I didn't know how to stop that exploding yeah. feeling and it exploded. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's so. What's so beautiful though, about just like life and learning who you are and learning your triggers and learning like, like this, like the Enneagram can tell you so much about yourself but that you already is- know, but then it's like, well, then how is it going to help me balance out? And so that's like, that was my biggest question after like researching all of this stuff. Like, so like for me, like the core motivation, it says strive to be good and honorable and live a life of purpose. Seek the best and most correct way to do things, which is me. Mm -hmm. I am efficient. I try to be most efficient with every single waking second I have. Right. You do. Right. It's like you, you (laughs) know how I live. So learning these things about myself, it's like, okay, I know these things. He's like my key personality traits, serious and straightforward during conversation, attuned to practicality, hardworking and diligent, high internal standards, rigidity and plans and decisions. I am. Super rigid, and that's one thing that will always says. Why are you so rigid? Go with the flow. For me, it's like going with the flow makes me feel like I have no floor under me. I don't like that. If we have a plan, and then uh, like kind of like a rough plan, and then there are ways to kind of go in between there, I can do that. Yeah, it's interesting how how it's different because I feel like that too. Like when I used to work a job, it seriously gave me anxiety if like the day before they would call and I was supposed to be off and like, Oh, can you work? Like, no, I don't have enough time because that wasn't the plan. But then like when I'm in control, if I'm like, that's the spur of the moment, like, Oh, we're going to go to the beach. Like Rick can't handle that, but I can cause I'm in control of it. Right. But yeah, I get that. Like when I had a scheduled job to do and they call me and they want me to like stay two hours late or it threw my whole, like, it just stressed me out. I hate, I hated yeah, I had a few jobs where that was the environment where it was like on call. You never know when you're going to work. And uh, I, was like, I couldn't do that because that's no. cr- that's crazy because even in my work and <sighs> and what I do, like, you know, hairdressers are notorious for being late and being like, you know, aloof. Mm-hmm. I am a stickler about my schedule. My clients know I'm a stickler about my schedule. They are not late. And if they're going to be late, they tell me. And I already know which ones are going to be late. So <laughs> I plan. plan for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Like my schedule runs like a mm-hmm. smooth operation all day. Yeah. And if somebody, if I'm running late, it's because somebody ran late and it's not because of me. Mm-hmm. Cause I already know exactly how much time I need per client. 
and it's almost exhausting like to have to think like we'll always talk about yourself and everyone else yeah and everyone else because I have to I have to adjust my schedule to it I don't want to go to work and sit there with 10 minutes to waste because in my head I'm like I could have been 10 minutes into this haircut already and this person is like just not here yet and and now I have to text my next three clients and let them know I'm going to be 15 minutes behind because somebody's not here yet because I plan my schedule accordingly so it's constantly this like oh yeah that sounds true my need to control is high high I feel like I have that too (laughs) so I don't know so another one my it says intense. <laughs> Am I intense? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I am. Ability to concentrate. But I feel like that comes natural. in different aspects, you know? I am intense, but I But think like it... cuz you're intense with like your schedule <laughs> and my structure. Your structure, but I feel like you're also intense with your fun. So it's balance, you know? It's not all yeah. like bad intensity. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, no. Because when you're, like, ready to have a good time. I'm ready to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. There's no... I'm due for one of those, by the way. I know, yeah. I'm due for a good time. I know. We were on our way there last night and we we got cut short. I know. I thought this was really interesting because it says type ones often grow up in environments where it is a lot of chaos and uncertainty, which could not describe it better. Yeah. I was shocked when I read this because this is how I've always felt. I tell Will all the time because it says, feel responsible for holding everything together. And as long as there's order, I believe everything is quote unquote good. And that's how I operate. Like I need to have everything go to plan because I'm responsible for everything. And that's kind of how I felt like when I was in the hospital when, when I end this last week you know, when I wasn't feeling well, yeah. who's going to keep this house going if I don't? And Will did a really great job, but there are still things that I do in this home that he has no idea about, mm-hmm. nor does he care about, but it's my own, like, taking it on as, like, this is how the house needs to be run. So it's so hard to, like, figure out how to... So, like, reading all this, I'm like, okay, I know all these things about me. I've known all this. Like, therapy has done that. So now, what do I do with all of it? Like, is there, like, an Enneagram support group? (laughs) Like, like, is there, like, solutions for an Enneagram type 1 that like is gonna be supporting me in this now yeah, you know what you I are think, so how are you gonna do it but okay so you have wings right i don't know you have your number that. and you okay. have wings from my understanding i could be wrong but one wing leads you to an unhealthy side okay and the other is a healthy side and so i think you do if you look that up there are just traits that you don't necessarily have but that you should try to cultivate lean towards okay yeah Okay, so mine says, this is totally me too. And then I can see like how it's unhealthy. So I should probably find find my way. That's what I mean. Nines are motivated by the need to feel settled, comfortable, and crave peaceful environments at all times. They need to avoid conflict for everyone to just get along. Nines are extremely understanding and able to view situations from multiple sides. Patient, calm, have the ability to make others feel accepted. So... Then I read that and I'm like, oh, no, I have my moments when I don't feel that way. Yeah. And I think that's on one side unhealthy, but then on another side, it 
it's not unhealthy if you do it in a healthy way, because Uh I do feel like, yeah, I do have this need to feel comfortable and secure. I love my routine. Yeah. But sometimes I don't, I need to push myself outside of that to grow. And so I think there's an unhealthy way and a healthy way of doing the things that are your typical traits. Right. And that there's so much to be said about like complacency. You have to be uncomfortable to grow. Yeah. And that's something that no matter what Enneagram number you are, is you have to push yourself outside of your your known limits and your known comfortable spaces. Because I mean, really, if we were if we all stayed in our comfortable spaces, we wouldn't do anything. Yeah. But I also feel like if you look at also like I don't know what is normal and expected in society I've kind of always followed that mm-hmm. and so I don't know I have friends who like didn't have kids till later because they were like oh I want to like live my life and mm-hmm. have fun and I never felt that way I was like no I'm gonna like do the things that I you know which like, I don't See, regret now because part of my argument with that or my view of that was my parents had me when they were young yeah and so then by the time we were grown and raised so now they, they're doing their thing. one had more money to do the yes. things they wanted to do in luxury right. <laughs> or in length you know yeah and two they get to do it with us which right. I love doing things with my mom you know and yeah. my dad like we go on as an vac- adult as an adult and spending time yeah. with them so Part of me was like, oh, I want to have my kids young so that I'm still young when we're older and we're settled and we have money. But also it was like, I'm just going to follow this path of like. I think it's just a double edged sword because you see the people that don't start to have children until they're later in their 30s. And you're like, oh, they've lived all this life and they're doing all these things. And you're watching that like you're traveling the world and you're, you know, it's almost like that fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like. I wanted to do that. I wish I could have done that. Like I have that with, with having, having been a mom at 19 where I'm like, well, college wasn't for me. I knew it. Like momhood called me, even though I was really young, I settled into the role really well. Mm -hmm. And I've fought my way out of difficult situations But I don't think I would do it any differently because I think that's what I needed to do. I needed to sow those oats Mm -hmm. when I did. And now, you know, she's like, she's going to be 16 soon and she's doing her own thing and she's going to be driving soon. And it's just kind of weird to think like she's going to be making these big decisions that I was making at at her age. That's so frightening. The people who are, yeah, they did all that fun stuff and then they're having kids later in life and like, that sounds miserable. It to sounds me. miserable to me <laughs> to too chase because children around when you're right, thirty five. Because 40. that's what I noticed. Like I had a child at nineteen, at twenty six, and at thirty three. Okay, so I've had one in each decade, and I can tell you for a fact, my third child, I have less energy for her. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. It's too much. There's a reason why you are fertile when you are young yeah. because you need to have the energy to stay up and yeah. keep up with them. Like, yeah, I grew up with my dad, like taking us surfing, taking us canoeing, yeah. like camping, all the fun things of my childhood yeah. that at his age, right, he wouldn't have the energy to do that. He, you know, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I, they made the right choice because... Or I think that they made the right choice because when they, in the time period that they raised us, they had all the energy and all the motivation to do the fun things. Whereas 
some of the like my friends in high school, I would go over to their house and I'm like, your parents look like, like my grandpa. Yeah. They're like 65. Yeah. Will's, Will's dad, I guess it like when he used to pick him up from school, they'd be like, oh, are you William's grandpa? And he'd be like, no, I'm his dad. He was an older dad. And it, it, it does, it does show like it shows in everything and kids notice. I, re- I remember once I was taking Alexia to school and I was walking her to school. She was in like fifth or sixth grade. And I could hear the kids go, is that Alexia's mom? You know, like, and I was <laughs> just like, so young. yeah, because yeah. I'm so young, mm-hmm. but that's always been yeah. my thing. You know, I've always been the young mom. Yeah, I was just talking to my friend and she's like, I think in the next like two years, I'll be ready to finally have a kid and she'll be 30, 30, 32. So not she's younger, a little younger than me. She's just like, I just feel like in two years I can get my business where I want it and I'll be ready. And I was like, I didn't want to be the one to say it, but I was like, do people tell you all the time that you're never going to be ready? And she was like, all the time. I'm like, you're not. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. In two years, you're going to say, you're, just one there's more always year. gonna be a, a thing. There's you always gonna to be a, a vacation, it. a wedding, a career, a career. My, yeah. yeah, there's always gonna be yeah. a reason to not have children, and I think that's the biggest fear. I think for most people is like getting to that point where they're just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to have a child. Mm-hmm. It's just having the balls to do it. Yeah, and really. people are like, well, I want to be like financially stable. You're like, never going to be financially you're never, stable. <laughs> you're never going to be. No, prices keep going up. Not only no, that, because you I don't tell, need all the things. I tell that people you think like you you've to. got, you've got kids, or you've got the night out. You've got, you know, like the soccer that you're paying for, or you've got that trip to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always going to be decisions. And there's, they have to weigh out. Like, I can't say that I've spent more on being a mother and having children than I can say I would have been, you know, spending being single and having my own life. I I can't say that that one has cost me more than the other. It's just different decisions. Kids don't need you to buy them all the things. They They just need need your time and your and your and your love and your attention. That's it. And I feel like the parents that feel like they need to buy all the things, it's a distraction because they don't have the time or want to give the time. Right. For sure. Yeah. I know. I've always been really resentful about parents that give their kids everything like monetarily and mm-hmm. as far as like the things go, because I'm like, you're just copying out. Like that's a cop out mm-hmm. and you're making it really hard for parents like me that are trying to be present mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, and mentally for my child and you're just giving your kid the newest iPhone and the newest this and the yeah. newest that like you're making my job as a parent harder because you're yeah. just giving the things instead of giving them the time which is like Alexia says with her dad all the time like I don't want the things I just want your time mm-hmm. maybe it's because I get to see that side of her where she has parents that give her the time and then she has one parent that has struggles with that mm-hmm. you know so I I can see where she, I don't know, has a hard time with that. Yeah. I don't think my parents were that way. We didn't always get what we wanted. We were like very blessed and my parents did well, but the, I feel like the money that they spent on us was on experiences. Yeah. We went camping. We went I on vacations. It, it wasn't be. stuff. It wasn't things. We didn't it's get all the, the latest yeah. things that we wanted. Yeah. And maybe we were mad at the time, but in hindsight, like, yeah, I would have rather you spend the money on a trip right. to here or there than right. on a new laptop or right. whatever. Exactly. We never had TVs in our room. We yeah. never, you know, but yeah. 
yeah, in hindsight, if they would have just thrown stuff at us and not given us the time. I don't know. I, I went to high school with like a lot of kids that were pretty well off. And I can see that, like, I remember going to one girl's house for a project and her house was enormous. It was like, for me, it was enormous. It was like huge. It was in a really well-off area. And I remember they had like a system to where they like had an intercom in the house, right? Oh my gosh. So she like paged her mom and she was like, mom, we don't have any snacks. And I was like, all these things, right? And I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe she's talking to her mom like that. But it was just crazy to me how growing up in that kind of a home, where is the closeness? Like, where do you feel connected to your home? Yeah, when you can just intercom from different rooms. Not yeah. to see each other. It was wild to me. Like, I had never been in a house that big. I was blown away. Yeah. But I went to a lot of, I mean, a lot of the girls at my high school that I knew of, like, they got into some really bad stuff because they had parents that just gave them money instead of time. Mm-hmm. And then they had things available to them that I didn't have available to me because of money. Thank God. And my parents were broke, you know, because... I don't know what I would have gotten into had they not been and had I not been raised a different way to like not seek those things Mm -hmm. because my parents didn't, you know, I don't know. Put value on the newest and best. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my mom will probably say this till this day, but me and my sisters always joke about we always wanted to be home. We'd come home with friends because we were like, we don't want to, we don't want to be away from home. So we're going to just yeah. bring our friends here. Your house is a cool house. Yeah. And she would be like, you guys have a TV and a whole like room. Like we had a whole living room downstairs where our rooms were. And we would come upstairs and hang out like at the, in the kitchen when my mom and dad were. <laughs> and so they were funny. like, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you have a whole, don't, you're teenagers. Don't you want to be like, have some privacy? Yeah. And we're like, And even my friends were like, your parents are so cool. Like, we just want to hang out with them. But like our friends would have sleepovers and then we'd call at like nine and be like, can you come pick us up? We want to sleep in our home. And I just remember my mom being like, you guys never leave. I wasn't allowed to go to sleepovers. But we just loved being home. We loved being around our parents. We loved being like in the living room with them. And they're like, I want, I want my home to be like that. I want my girls to come here with all their friends Mm -hmm. i want my house to be the house that everyone wants to hang out at yeah and i think that we like i think it's normal for kids like some hesitancy on like telling everything to our parents about what was going on but i just remember like my friends were like telling my parents all the things and i'm like what's happening but they were the parents that like you could just tell everything to and they were cool with it and they didn't let us just get away with everything but they definitely were like understanding of being teenagers that's so awesome because i i like i think i'm that kind of a parent now to alexia because she like her friends like to come here and she has one specific friend that i could just like just she could live here if she wanted to and i love that my home is a safe place Mm -hmm. And for me, that's the biggest compliment anyone can give me is if you want to spend time in my home. It's so interesting, too. I think back on, like, the friends that did come over and, like, felt like my parents were their parents. And they all came from very, very, like, strict religious homes. Oh, yeah. Mine was one of them. Yeah. I grew up in a Jehovah's Witness home. My mom was Jehovah's Witness. My dad was not. And so that created a whole lot of tension on itself. Yeah. My home was not Malaya asked me last week, like, 
did your friends come over? Did they hang out? And I'm like, no, I didn't have friends over because first of all, I didn't know how my home was going to feel that day. Yes, I didn't like to be there, <laughs> let alone bring other friends. Yeah, it's you know? crazy how it correlates with like a judgment. You know? Yes. Yeah. Not it was like, I knew it wasn't safe to bring her friends express. home because I didn't know what my friends were going to experience yes. and or, then or be able say... to tell other people of mm-hmm. what they experienced in my home. Yeah. It yes, was, I think that's like the biggest thing as like a mom, I strive to like, not have that judgment or like expectation on my kids so they don't feel like they don't feel like they're being judged and then their friends don't feel that way yeah because then no one's gonna want to be around you i know i think that's the biggest compliment like now i feel like alexia's friends that do come over they feel comfortable here and and i like for me that's the biggest yeah like yeah. I just it's, love it. I just love it so much when it's so interesting to watch them like open up to um the other day when they were fighting Malaya <laughs> and Ellie were fighting in the car. That's the first because yeah. I know like I know what's going on and they try to be secretive yeah, and like you can't they'll, the get, phone yeah, they'll get into a fight and Malaya will come over and like whisper things to Ellie and Ellie will whisper things back because she doesn't want to say it in front of me. And then it was like a turning point that day when they were in the car and Al- and Malaya was, Malaya like, was like, "Why? I'm just gonna say it like in front of your mom." Yeah, she was like, "Why don't you want to say it, Ali? Because your mom's here." And she just looked at me. She was just like, "We're having issues. <laughs> like we're having issues, and I'm not hiding it from you." And I was like, "Go, girl!" Like, and but I she got that. out of. The, she like opened the car door and grabbed her backpack, and she just stared at Ali. And then she looked at me, and she's like, "Goodbye." And she walked out, and I was like, "Goodbye." Like, but I was like. She, here we go like you guys have just been like trying to have these little fights in secret which we obviously see we see right through it i think they're to the point where they're just like everyone knows what's going on we're just gonna say it out loud i think that's a great place to be i think if more people did that we would be in a better place altogether because like why do we tiptoe around the bullshit like why don't we just talk about it i have i have issues in my family where i'm just like i've almost gotten to that point where I know what it's felt to be on the outside of the issue mm-hmm. or in the, in the middle of the issue, but nobody else says anything mm-hmm. that now if there's an issue, I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Let's call it for what it is. Yeah. Let's let there have a conversation. And then you guys can go your separate ways if you want to. Yeah. But I'm not okay. I'm not okay with it anymore. There is no need for this facade of perfection. Yes. Um, Yeah. I just and avoidance I am done with the avoidance like let's just get it out there (laughs) that's a topic for a whole nother day but we have my my mom's brother's son committed suicide and in the end of it all when it all came out the issues that had led up to that it was so frustrating to hear that it was kept this big secret. I know, problem. but I think that for a lot of people, like being open and honest is a huge vulnerability that they haven't accepted yet that they can be open and vulnerable. You know what I mean? I think it takes like a certain awareness around that. I think I was born with that. <laughs> I know. It's crazy that some people aren't, but I do feel like my whole life I've struggled with like, why can't people just say how they're feeling? I don't get yeah. what the problem is. What's the hiding? These things? big feelings and these big emotions. Yeah, why can't we just say them? Why yeah. are we hiding them? Yeah. What's the shame? I don't know. But like in my house, I grew up in a very shame. Yeah. But it's crazy. Based like, home because they don't know better. And that's the thing. Like for me, I know better. So I tried to do better. Yeah. And I try to do better with my kids and how I implement things in them. Not to say that I'm not going to fuck them up in their own, my own way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in trying to 
to undo or not do what I had in my childhood, I'm going to miss some things and that's okay. But I think that's part of being human. It's like, I'm willing to accept that I'm not going to do it perfectly. And I'm also willing to hear them out. Like, tell me what I did wrong. I want to know what I did wrong. I'm at that point, like going back to the Enneagram is like a healthy one learns to accept imperfections and accepts themselves and others as they are rather than focus on how they should be. And that's where I find myself constantly going back. It's like, why am I putting my expectations on this person? they need to they'll get it I just need to be patient you know what I mean but I feel like you do have that balance well that's the thing it's like all these years of work that I've been doing Mm -hmm. like it's been years of work I I I really want to say it started with like my yoga practice in general and just being mindful and then like going to different things that I've have like expanded my mind but just knowing that I have a lot of work to do and I'm okay with that and I'm okay with like I started off being really not okay with not being okay and now I'm okay with not being okay and I'm learning along the way on how I can be a better mom wife sister mother you know like all these things it's like there's so much room for improvement and where like why do we think that we stop evolving at a certain age yeah or you just refuse you just get stuck in it and refuse to grow I don't want to get stuck mm-hmm. I don't want to get stuck yeah. I feel like I was stuck my whole life because things were out of my control but now I can control a lot of those things and so I'm trying to change things because I want my daughters to live a different life than I lived and I want to live the rest of my life better and better to, yeah and trying to really enjoy it and like getting through some of these really hard mental roadblocks that come up, you know, because of my childhood. But I'm like, yeah, that was my childhood, but it doesn't define me. It it, it made me who I am to some degrees, to a lot of degrees, but I don't have to get stuck there, you know? Yeah, I feel like it's interesting. <clears throat> some people don't understand that the way that they are as adults are from their childhood. Right, like and there's no you, connection. Yeah, and when you can't understand that connection, then you can't take that con- that problem and grow from it oh like yeah the, i feel the like constructive there are, criticism that comes from your childhood yeah i feel like there's so much stuff that comes from your childhood my personality like there's so many things i can pinpoint that is like oh it's because of this but like that it's only then that you can take that and change but it that goes with, with self-awareness and self-realization mm-hmm. and self-acceptance how many people uh, don't have that no because they don't want to look in the mirror and it's really hard to look in that mirror and confront the fact that everything that's fucked up in your life it's because of you but i just do you, <laughs> you know think you know like they ref- like part of me thinks that some people's brains just don't have the capacity to think that way like it's not even an option it's not like they're shutting down the option it's like it's not even there i don't know i wonder if the, i just wonder if I there's a know. study out there that is like i would like to why know can there be such different people who have like this this ability to see that things could be different and then there's so many people that don't but look have that it's ability. like the example of the i saw this meme that showed a homeless guy sitting with somebody else and it said um he was like why are you like this and he goes because my dad was an alcoholic right yeah. and the other 
person said, oh, and he was like super successful. And I was like, oh, because my dad was an alcoholic. That, Same scenario. Literally different Rick and his roads, brother. Different roads. Rick and his brother. Yeah. Same childhood. And one took the woe is me. And yeah. one took the I'm going to not do that. It's just, I'm not I think what is innate in your personality and how it comes comes back to like that. I think that we have a deep knowing within us that people aren't in tune to. Yeah. That yeah. people can some you people imagine are if someone like some are not. came up to you and they were like, Oh, like you have this this like trait of doing this thing. Like you do this all the time, it's not healthy. And could you imagine just being like, No. Like if yeah, someone no. came up to me and said that, I, I would like, take a look inside. There. Yeah, I would absolutely. even if you don't want to say like, Oh, you're right right away, right. it still sticks with you and you then do the a thing. search. But yeah. there are people who are like, Get out of here, like you know. Same thing goes about. for like when someone tells you something really positive about yourself. Like I have a client, she was a, a therapist and she was like, You should be a life coach and I was like no, like what credibility do I have to be a life coach in her mind thinks that I have it in me to coach other people Yeah, because (laughs) you have that extra brain capacity to see all of these things that other people are just closed off to. Maybe. Yeah. No, you do. <laughs> yeah, maybe you do. <laughs> okay. But She's telling me. <laughs> I seriously have said this to like, I feel like I've said it to Rick and he's rolled his eyes at me like, okay, crazy lady. <laughs> Which he does to me sometimes. Like, but, well, where's the money coming from? <laughs> but sometimes I do feel like, oh, I don't know how to describe it. I have like, I feel like we've talked about this on the podcast before. I have like not psychic abilities, but just like a very, very like it's an innate intuition intuition that I'm sure everybody has, but it's just always been apparent to me my whole life. And it's I don't know. I feel like I'm not tapped into it. Like I don't put enough concentration on it, but I I think I do enough to where it freaks me out. When I (laughs) when I say it to you, you're like, yeah, totally possible. But then there's like people that you say it to that do not have that emotional ability to think. Which is why like attracts like. But it's like, what is it called? Um, Manifesting. Yeah. There are some people that are like, you can't do that. And I'm like, yes. How do you? How else do you live your life? How How do you think everything happened? It's not by spontaneous things. But there are just people out there that are just like, do not think it's possible. And I'm over here like, I might be seeing the future. No, not seeing the future. No, but but, you know, just like, just like putting it out there and then being so affirmed in your belief that something's going to come from it. So like, I don't know if I told you that I applied for a a yoga um, scholarship. Did I tell you? I think you did. Yeah. Okay. So I got a call back that I... I, I qualified for a 50% oh, scholarship, Wow! but it started in like starts next week. Oh. And I'm like, this isn't great. But either way, it's like, that's something I did manifest. Like yeah. I put it out that I saw this email, I applied for the yeah. scholarship and I did yeah. the things. And now I'm like, okay, it's come. but this is like the situation where I feel like that two different people where it's you like, oh my gosh, wow. Like, look what I did. Yeah. It's, but you have the ability to realize it's not the right time right. and it will come back to me right. when it is the right time. Yeah. And then there's people that are like, oh man, like, and it's just like worst timing. My life sucks, you know, yeah. cause they don't have that ability to believe that things are going to work out that the, the way that there's they're a supposed time. to. Yeah. yeah. They're going to work out the way that they're supposed to, but most yeah. people cannot fit, comprehend that at yeah. all. Like there's so many people in my life that would just, if 
if an opportunity arose and it wasn't the right time, it would just be like, I have shitty luck. Like, and they don't have that perspective to see like, it's okay. You know, but I've been there too. I've been in the place where I'm like, I never win anything. I never chosen for anything. But in the back of your mind, you know, it's going to work out the way that it's supposed to. You you can, yeah, you, you don't have to accept everything that's happening because sometimes it does suck. Like you feel like it needs to happen now, but you can't make it happen. Right. But that's because the universe it's not the right time. It's not the right time. Yeah, yeah. I but I, I feel that too. Like I am, di- I get disappointed for, th- I get disappointed for things that don't happen to me. But then in the back of my mind, it's like ten percent of that is I know this. Like I can allow myself to be disappointed, but I know that whatever yeah. is supposed to happen is going to happen. Yeah. And once I get over the disappointment, then we go. Yeah. Just carry on. Exactly. Keep calm and carry on, dude. (laughs) That's the mantra. That was a total, like, local thing to say. Okay. Keep calm and carry on. No, we go. Oh. It's like a thing. So this famous surfer, it's called the Eddie I. Cow Contest, and it's Uh like a huge surf competition, and they only do it when the waves are over 100 feet. So it doesn't happen every year. It happens when the waves... 100 feet? feet and it just means like mm. it doesn't matter if you're gonna die or it's risky or like if that's just what your passion it. is yeah. you just go and you do I it i love that yeah. i think that's great yeah but everyone in hawaii says that like we go like you just do it we go if, if you're meant to do it that's you just what do i would it. tell my kids now from now on we go we go yeah we go <laughs> no, that's right in Gigi's vocabulary yeah there we go <laughs> we go oh, oh my gosh oh, okay man. that was a good one yeah so if you guys haven't yet figure out what enneagram you are yeah do the test we should link it yeah the one that you sent me yeah. was really great because the one I had done prior was yeah. like so complicated. It took yeah, me like 30 minutes. Was it was easy. Yeah, it was great. Because it was like a range. And then if you don't know, just, I don't know. Yeah. Put it in the I like I like that one a lot. Yeah. So we'll link that. And oh my goodness. Um, what? Hopefully we have like a good week. So we come back <laughs> next week and we're like, <laughs> this, not was like a, uh, this was a good week. I think it's just like, it has just felt a little flustered i know flustered is the right word lives are so intertwined like i, I feel know. your i feel your feels i like, know i got to the park kinda... today i got to the park today i'm like what's up girl we just sat <laughs> on the bench day. like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, the time change is messing us up but so. we're we're adjusting we're getting to it and yeah. i'm getting back to work this week i'm super excited your mexican is back my mexican skin. color back <laughs> Okay, so follow us on Instagram, lifeslemonade.unfiltered. Yeah, and then we have our personal pages. Mine is at in the mess with yes, underscore in the mess with yes. I have to remember that. (laughs) Underscore in the mess with yes. Yes. And mine is malama.mama. And um, just remember, you guys, lemon drops. We're going to call you guys our lemon drops. So just remember to be kind, stay curious, and live unfiltered. See you next week. See you next week.